Hi, and welcome to Strangers on the Internet, a podcast about making online dating work for you. My name is Irene Manta, and I'm a professor at the Maurice A. Dean School of Law at Hofstra University. I'm also a dating coach and a consultant for the dating app industry. And I'm Michelle Lang, a senior lecturer in psychology at Christopher Newport University in Virginia and a clinical psychologist in private practice. All views expressed in this podcast are our own and not our employers. Our special guest today is international man of mystery, Nick, a pseudonym chosen for this podcast episode. We are excited to welcome today on Strangers on the Internet, a male guest whom we will call by the pseudonym Nick to preserve his privacy. Nick is an Asian American man in his late 30s who grew up in New York City and currently lives in an East Coast city after living all over the country and abroad before that. He went to an Ivy League college and has a PhD from a Midwestern State University. After many years in higher education, he is working toward a career in policy. A man of many interests, including travel and the culinary arts, Nick is a Jeopardy champion. While he had several long-term relationships, Nick has never been married, even though that would be his eventual preference, and on balance, he would like to have children. Nick, welcome to the show. Can you tell our listeners a bit about your dating history and where things stand for you today? In terms of the dating history, uh, primarily uh, it's been two major uh, long-term relationships uh, that I've had in my 30s. Um, my 20s weren't all that productive. Uh, there was there was dating there, but mostly more short-term um, relationships that didn't quite work out and in some cases worked out incredibly poorly um, and, and spectacularly poorly. I'm currently uh, seeing someone, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure if it's going to work out. What are you looking for and why do you think it's been difficult to find that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sort of like what I'm looking for, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing really too crazy, right? Um, ideally, it's a it's with a woman who with whom I share emotional intellectual chemistry with, um, you know, someone to whom I'm, you know, physically attracted to and, and with someone with values and personality traits that allow for us to sort of build a great, you know, relationship together uh, going forward. I, I think one thing that I've sort of noticed over time that I really value is sort of, um, Having a relationship where both parties uh, realize that the other person does not have an agenda towards the other person, right? So basically, you know, like we may disagree on, you know, whatever topic or whatever issue in terms of in our lives, but the disagreement is not assumed to be based in some kind of like underlying attempt to sort of like undermine the other person or, you know, or part of some kind of agenda. Um, it, it is an actual... Um, authentic uh, disagreement. Uh, so, and, and I guess that's something that really comes down to trust, which, um, you know, I, I realize is something that needs to be built up over time. But at the same time, uh, it would be nice if, you know, like in a relationship, if that's something where, you know, you give someone the benefit of doubt instead of just assuming the worst possible interpretation of his or her um, actions um, from the get go. So I think you're right. You're definitely, the things you want don't seem like outlandish things to want. Um, They sound like variations on, oh, look, we all have our values. And so you have some other people may have others. But yeah, like trust, um, being able to feel like somebody is not trying to undermine you, that they're genuinely trying to engage and work towards a shared 
a common outcome. Those all sound like very normal relationship goals. But, you know, I want to ask you this. So as Irina pointed out, you're a Jeopardy champion and beyond that, a very highly educated guy. And so does that make it hard in the dating world? You know, I, I, I'm wondering, one, just with that high level of education and, and then maybe even specifically after that, maybe we'll talk about the Jeopardy thing and what that did, I don't know, good or bad for your dating life. Because in groups that I belong to online where people discuss dating, there are really, I would say mixed to negative comments about dating people from Ivy League schools. You know, some of us might think that's a positive thing. Oh, it's a smart guy. But there's also concerns that people who are from Ivy League schools will think they're smarter than other people or act better than other people, or you wouldn't be able to understand what they're talking about. Do you find that your degrees that your or that your schools that you went to or your desire for a strong intellectual connection has been a liability has has helped you what what's that been like yeah i mean uh, thanks michelle i mean th that's a great question um i would say that it's it's definitely been something where i, I think it's creates a lot of self-selection right so like you know um on the dating apps where which is my primary mode of sort of you know meeting people and um dating people um obviously you know most of them will allow you to put down your your education background whatever right i i do find that like uh certainly like you know I, I can't say for sure in terms of like, you know, women who choose to match with me or not match with me is based on my education. Um, I do know that in, in my case, you know, like, you know, seeing uh, someone's education background does sort of play a factor in terms of my own decisions, whether or not to match with or uh, not uh, with her. In terms of sort of the sort of just, just the intellectual connection, I mean, I, you know, like I'm someone who... Uh, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but like, uh, you know, like, especially in terms of the dating apps, but I mean, you know, I do really value a good intellectual connection. Um, it's not necessarily so much that like, oh, uh, she's got to you know, meet my standards intellectually or uh, whatnot. I mean, yes, to some limited ex extent, but a lot of it is really down to sort of intellectual curiosity, right? This willingness to engage sincerely on various topics and to show interest in various topics yeah uh I mean, so it's not so much sort of like oh you know like necessarily we've got to you know match each other in terms of intellectual firepower or, or whatnot right um it's really more about having someone with the with a more of an intellectual sensitivity someone who is fundamentally intellectually curious right someone who is willing to discuss and debate things sincerely on a wide range of topics uh, that allow for us to have, you know, a more fruitful conversation. Uh, someone who approaches things in sort of what I describe as a, uh, you know, sort of like uh, the, 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 the golden rule in improv comedy, right? Which is yes and, right? Where you respond uh, affirmatively and you build off of what your conversation partner says. Um, and, you know, you hopefully use that to build towards a, a more meaningful conversation. Um, I mean, I think those are the things that I really do value. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, like I don't spend my time, you know, like discussing, you know, Greek classics all the time, expecting to like, you know, have a partner who wants to discuss that all the time. It's just more of like having a general approach of intellectual curiosity towards a world and hopefully finding a partner who can also, uh, who, who is also interested in engaging the world in that regard. Um, and so in, in that case, um, I mean, finding someone who 
has that similar approach, you know, it, it is challenging at times. But you know, it's uh, but but where you know the, the the few cases where I have met someone who, you know, does share that approach or does quite click with me in that regards, um, you know, taking that approach, you know, it, it is extremely um, it's it's extremely rewarding. Would you say that it has been a uh, have you gotten a sense of if I guess are you getting a healthy number of matches, making it clear that you want that intellectual connection, or do you sometimes wonder is this a deterrent to people? Am I am I intimidating people? Yeah, I mean it, it's it, I mean look, I've actually um, matched like like last um, last year when I was uh, living in a different city. Um, I mean one thing that I did encounter was actually someone reaching out like matching with me and then saying. Uh, you know, like, I'm not sure if I'm smart enough for you. Uh, in fact, that's actually happened a few times. And like, it's, it's just, you know, you're put into a awkward kind of situation, right? Because on on the one hand, I mean, to be honest, like, you know, you, you don't know anything about her, right? So you don't know if you know, how well you might be well, uh, well matched emotionally, intellectually, in terms of the chemistry side. And so you, you know, like, naturally, like, as someone who who wants to at least give it a go and see how, you know, what the, what the, at least the initial meeting is, you know, you don't want to deter her, but at the same time, you know, like it is, you know, you do like, I do value someone who can sort of like match well with me intellectually, who, you know, who, who, who clicks with me and you do sort of wonder, you know, maybe, maybe she isn't wrong in that regard. And maybe she is, you know, right to be, you know, to, to be concerned, um, it's it, it, it's it's in a you're you're kind of in this tricky situation. In that case, usually what I do is just say, hey, you know, like I mean, look, I mean, I mean, you know, like obviously I have my degrees and I have my you know like my Jeopardy performance and whatnot, but at the same time, I I'm not, you know like I have plenty of interests that are not quote unquote you know traditionally high culture or high intellectual art, right? Like I can slum it with the best of them at, at times, and so. You know, it's it's let's why don't we just go out on a date? You know, let's get coffee. Let's see how 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 we are in person, and then you know we can go from there. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, I I have noticed that you know one's uh, like you know my my educational background has deterred some. But to be honest, I mean, you can also argue that you know people who are you know immediately sort of deterred or intimidated by that kind of sort of practice self-selection and choose not to match with me in the first place. And most likely they probably would not have matched well anyway. Um, so I, uh, you know, it, it's something that I'm aware of, but uh, I try not to worry about too much. So one of the things that's lurking in the background, and that's also something that we discussed uh, on a previous episode with um, Nancy Jo Sales is this issue of racial bias uh, in the dating apps. And this works itself out in a number of different ways. But one of them is that the empirical data suggests that Asian American men are at a strong disadvantage on the dating market, and in particular on dating apps, compared to men of other ethnic groups. Why do you think that is? And have you personally experienced this as a problem in finding a mate? Uh, so in terms of like um, my own personal experience, um, I mean, I, I would say that it's never been explicitly said to me that, oh, hey, you know, like I'm not interested in you or I'm not interested in matching with you because you're Asian. Right. Obviously, uh, I, I think that's a case where, you know, no one is ever going to explicitly say that to your face. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're too we're, we're far too polite these days to be overtly racist like that. 
that said, um, I will say that, you know, for instance, I was uh, at one point in, in Denver visiting a friend, which is a city that's, you know, pretty, pretty white. And, and in terms of like how, you know, how the dating apps work, right? It's, you know, like whenever you're new in town, especially if you use a geolocated uh, dating app like Bumble, you're going to just get hits just from sheer, just, it's just a numbers game. And in three or four days in Denver, I got zero hits. And it's like, you know, I, I, I do think that's a little telling, right? It's, it's, uh, I, I don't, you know, let's just say that one way or another, my personality, my looks, my racial background doesn't fit what the women of Denver are looking for. Maybe it's uh, the fact that I don't like hiking all the time, or maybe it's something else, um, you know, who knows? Um, but I have my own suspicions there. And why do you think that is? I mean, why do you think people have, I mean, there have been studies suggesting that for uh, an Asian American man to get as many matches as a Caucasian man, he has to basically make a lot more money than that equivalent white man. So what is going on? Like, why do people have stereotypes or what are the stereotypes that are leading people to believe including Asian American women themselves, right? To displaying some of these biases uh, and, and uh, often choosing to date white men over Asian American men. Like what, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a little hard to say. I mean, you know, like, I mean, obviously there's the normal uh, expected, you know, like uh, longstanding tropes about, you know, Asian uh, men as more effeminate. They're not as manly. they you know, they aren't tall. Um, I, I think these are all sort of tropes that have been sort of, um, sort of, you know, that, 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 that's rather pervasive. Sure. And I can jump in and, and, and make a comment about this. So something that uh, yeah. an, another Asian American academic pointed out to me when we we're talking about this, um, this topic is that sometimes the stereotypes are sort of self-contradictory. So on the one hand, people expressing some of the things that you just said, and on the other hand, uh, them expressing concern that Asian American culture is going to be, uh, is going to contain more misogyny and is going to be more macho in a sense, right? So what is the sort of cultural piece or maybe cultural misconception? And let's be clear here, we say Asian American, but of course that's a a wide variety of people. That's the other thing that's that's sort of weird about this, right? It's like people from all sorts of different uh, parts of Asia or, or like they're, they themselves often born in the United States, but their parents or grandparents or somebody came from all sorts of different parts. And, and yet it all sort of gets blended into one, even though people are willing to, to say, at least they're willing to split their stereotypes of white Americans. Then they say, well, Italian Americans are like this and Irish Americans are oh, like that. Okay. And of course that is wrong anyway uh, right. but, but you see where I, what i'm saying with this so so he was you know he was making the, this point to me again this academic i was talking to that everyone seems to be kind of lumped in together and that the stereotypes seem to be in tension with one another so anyway do you have something to say about kind of the, the cultural piece or what is going on in people's minds and and what they seem to think or maybe when you went out with people you saw them have some kind of expectation of you as as a on the basis of ethnicity or something like that that was wrong there are these cultural tropes that are sort of expected of the Asians, right? That they're they're more demure, they they're less willing to speak out. They're 
uh, you know, they're engineers or science and uh, science types, right? They, um, you know, they're they're more effeminate, right? Whatever, um, and, and a lot of that is uh, that that really jars against sort of how I sort of see myself and how I've sort of um, how my personality has sort of evolved over time. Um, certainly, you know, I am not an engineer. I work in policy. My interest is not in the math and sciences. It's in rather the um, in the humanities, right? Um, and in and and as far as I can tell, I'm fairly assertive, and I really don't like to take any guff from anybody. Um, and so, it's definitely clashes against this uh, traditional idea of you know what it an Asian male is expected to be like, uh, both in social circumstances as well as in, in a romantic um, setting. And so, I think where where I've both you know socially and also romantic um, situations where I've been sort of been with um, folks, um, I, I do find that, you know, th- you know, maybe there's been times when I sort of get a sense that like, you know, they're, they're a little surprised the way with the way I act because they are expecting me to act more like what they perceive as, you know, what a traditional Asian person should act like, um, it, uh, be it socially or romantically. Um, and so I think that's sort of been a surprise to some folks. Uh, but again, um, I would say that where, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to get people with who sort of approach it from sort of this sort of perspective, um, where I would say is that, again, I think it does become sort of like more of a self-selecting group where those who, who don't come in with these, uh, these sort of these, um, these uh, assumptions or are able to adapt um, with these assumptions are able to work out better over time. Are there any expectations coming from your own family as far as uh, ethnic or cultural elements are concerned that have to be there or, or that should absolutely not be there in your in your mate? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of, I mean, just like speak more a little more broadly about cultural expectations. Um, I mean, I, I think it's something that, uh, uh, I mean, I realize every, um, you know, everyone's a little different. Um, I'm sure everyone's family is a little different. Um, certainly in my case, my parents are definitely very old school. And so, you know, they've, they've said some crazy uh, stuff over the years, which some of which is not repeatable, but, uh, for instance, like one thing that they, uh, my own father has told me is that, you know, he, he'd like me to. One, obviously, marry an Asian girl, but two, uh, uh, and, and I say girl for a particular reason, um, because uh, two, he would like her to be um, virgin, and I'm like, like when he, when he says that, I'm just like, I just like my, my eyes just glaze over, and I'm just like, this this is clearly not going to happen, you know. I'm in my late thirties. The people I'm primarily looking to date are in their thirties, and frankly. I can't imagine too many of them are going to be um, virgins. And frankly, that's just not an important consideration for me. Um, but, you know, you do get these kind of crazy um, sort of uh, requests, right? Um, there's been other times when, uh, to be fair, this is my father who's the most uh, dogged one who's uh, interested in sort of ensuring that I'm married. Um, you know, well, he'll, he'll talk about how, uh, you know, like uh, my aunt um, back in the old country, uh, you know, knows this wonderful um a woman who you know speaks English and is well educated and would be a great match for me, and I'm like, well, that's great, but she's back in the old country, and uh, culturally, you know, like I've lived in the United States my whole life, I am culturally American. 
I'm not sure we're going to have anything culturally in common. And frankly, we'll have no common frames of reference. And given how important sort of like this, you know, like conversation and um, sort of this, this intellectual chemistry is to me, this is simply not going to work, right? So there are certain cultural expectations in terms of like, oh, hey, you know, you have to, you should get married and you should be to an Asian girl. And, and there are these other stipulations as well. Um, and the fact that, you know, I am the eldest son of the eldest son of like my branch of the family, uh, there's, you know, additional, um, you know, weight in terms of like ensuring that I'm, I get married and ha- have kids and whatnot. You know, these are sort of cultural expectations that are sort of bestowed upon me, but you know, it's, it's, you know, like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to sort of just generally my approach is just sort of, it's like, well, it's there. Um, but I'm going to just focus on finding my, um, finding my own um, ideal romantic match and not really worry about these sort of things that, frankly, uh, I don't value as much. How did your um, last long-term relationships end? Like, what was it that in the end did not work out? And what lessons did you learn from that for, for the future and getting what you want next time? Yeah, I mean, so the, the, the last um, romantic relationship, um, long-term relationship that didn't work out i mean primarily that was a case where uh fundamentally um well i mean the immediate uh, cause was covid um because we just stopped talking to each other and there was much uh, it was a long distance relationship and you know covid really prevented us from uh you know being able to travel to see each other um but you know there were more sort of but but you know the 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 sort of the seeds of the sort of the end were sort of already planted right fundamentally um she did not want to be married. And, you know, there were occasionally times um, during our relationship when she would just say, hey, you know, what if we were to get married, but like live in different houses, which to me made, you know, made absolutely no sense, right? Because part of the um, benefits of being in a romantic relationship with someone to, to be married, to, to live with someone is to share in those um, everyday uh, intimacies that, you know, that make everyday life much more easier to bear and worth living. Uh, and so that's sort of, you know, that, that should have sent alarm bells, but, you know, you mix that with, uh, you know, but if that's something that only comes up once in a while, um, when she would say something like that, uh, and you mix it with all the other great things that we had going on in a relationship, you know, you sort of, sort of downplay and you're just like, well, maybe that's just something that, you know, we can work out or we can iron out over time. And in, 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 but in, in other things, I mean, I, I would say that there were, other issues in terms of uh, this goes back to why I said earlier about sort of this uh, this this assumption of like having no agendas, right? Where where she um, you know occasionally she would say things like you know are you are you just with me because you know like where I live because uh, this is overseas and you know where where she lived was very close to my office where I went to work and so you know th- things like that that you know again I don't I don't know how serious she was. When she said something like that, but at the same time, it's, it was extremely, you know, it was very heart hurtful that she would, you know, even venture to say something like that, where it presumed that, you know, I was only interested in her because of where she lived in, in the city. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, fundamentally just issues about communication and uh, being able to compromise on things. Um, you know, uh, my, my ex was uh, really smart and really capable person on her own and obviously justifiably had a, a lot of faith in her own abilities. Uh, but it also meant that occasionally, you know, when we were doing things together, uh, she would 
she just wouldn't qual um she, she would just not compromise or accept other ways of doing things uh other than the way that she uh, uh wanted to do it and so that created tensions that you know over time really became uh a real detraction on the relationship even though they were relatively minor in scope um and so i think all of these things are sort of you know going forward you know it's sort of you know it's certainly at the center at the center of my mind which is someone who is fundamentally, you know, good at communicating, uh, willing to express um, her feelings about, you know, if she's dissatisfied with anything and, and sort of talk things through and to sort of just be clear um, uh, in the beginning in terms of sort of like um, expectations and also, um, you know, things that uh, she's concerned about. Yeah. So on the, on the one hand, it's certainly a deterrent when somebody can't communicate about what it is that they want to can't do so effectively. Um, but I also have a question for you about the flip end of things is what if they are communicating really clearly, um, but it is about perceived, uh, perceived shortcomings specifically. Uh, one of the things that we're aware of is you come from this academic background and you're interested in policy and you're working in those fields. Do you think that it would be a liability for you or has this been communicated to you that some people who are looking for a long-term partner would be concerned either fairly or not about what you working in academia or in policy would mean as far as economic outlook as compared to people who work in the corporate arena. So you're, you've picked some fields that are not known for being the big buck fields. Um, and, and so does that, come up as a as a problem or does it limit the focus and, and do people clearly communicate concern about that ever yeah i, I mean I, I think uh certainly economics uh, you know personal economics uh finances I, I think that's something that um i i think in dating that is something that is addressed sort of again so during you know sort of sort of a self-selection thing right where uh, I, I can imagine that folks, you know, like um, women who might be interested in me for other reasons, uh, you know, they decide, hey, you know, like this guy is not clearly pulling the huge dollar bills. Um, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, by, by all means, I'm sure there are there there have definitely been cases where that's happened. Um, one one sort of one story that sort of jumps out to me was uh, this is during grad school, right? So. You know, we're doing there's there's sort of like a speed dating event that the grad school is holding, and I, I think what is it like? It's thirty men, thirty women, and it's uh, what is it? So so I'm going there with uh, one uh, with one of my uh, PhD colleagues, and there there's actually like five or six uh, women from the veterinary school, and you know you're you're going around, you're rotating, you're you know you're having your three minute conversations and dates with these people, and I, I just it, it just struck me that like when all the veterinarians basically went chasing after all the doctors, and so it was just a case where you know like hey like that's that's really where sort of these um, economic considerations really are playing, and you're seeing it play out in in, in real time right where like you know like I I don't know I mean maybe, you know like I, I don't think our personalities were considerably uh, less interesting or um, whatever compared to the doctors, but the veterinarians knew who the doctors were and were definitely chasing the um the, the med students um so i would say that yeah i mean I'm, I'm sure these economic considerations definitely do play a part but i i would say that you know 
again, you know, because the these apps um, don't show you people who don't match with you, um, you know, it's not something that I've had to sort of deal with um, in in real time. Conversely, though, I will say that that um, my own experience is that when I the women I've dated uh, tended to uh, to be more traditionally professional and you know like to be economically um, sort of like you know like better positioned. And so, you know, maybe like uh, my own sort of like my own, inside my own head, um, because I'm in a a profession where, you know, you're not going to make huge amounts of money. I'm also gravitating towards uh, people who can offer some level of sort of financial or economic stability myself. Makes sense. And I would say too, you know, where, where there could be a looking at that of, "Mm, he works in academia or in policy and he's not a... A doctor, not not that kind of doctor. Um, that that a cer- certainly something that I think can offset or counterbalance that is the fact you've been on TV. And so I am curious to hear about that. Was being on Jeopardy and being a Jeopardy champion did that do anything positive for your dating life? And also, do you ever have people recognize you from the show, or is that? I mean, there's a lot of people who are on Jeopardy. I don't know if I'd know passing somebody on the street, but I'm so curious your experiences. Did it help your dating life, not make a difference? Yeah, I mean, um, to um, I mean, I mean, as of now, I, I wouldn't say that it hasn't sort of helped my uh, dating experience. Um, I know, I know that uh, some of the folks I've uh, I've sort of like when I when I tape the show, um, some folks that I, I I tape with, like there's definitely one person who has sort of like. Um, integrated it into his actual dating profile, which uh, for me is a little too strong. Um, I, I think it's uh, you know I think it's better to go at it with a softer touch. Um, but but to be fair, it's really worked out for him. So you know who knows? Maybe maybe that's something I should just take. At the same time, um, you know, like I like to think that you know my profile my profile is uh, compelling on its own, even without the fact without the overt you know advertisement that I had. Uh, been a Jeopardy champion, um, so all, all I do is I um, like w- among one of my pictures um, on the uh, online app, it'll show myself um, on on stage or at the podium, and folks who you know are into the show who are who care about the show, they'll you know they'll know what that means. But for most people, they're just like, oh, it's just him, you know, like you know standing by a podium you know okay what's the big deal it, it's not immediately evident to them that um i was on jeopardy and in terms of when it comes up in conversation um i mean for some people you know it's you know it, it, it's it's kind of fun it's a it's a fun fact um and certainly you know allows for uh you know subsequent discussion about oh hey you know if you ever want to do a trivia night that could be a fun date you know so on and so forth right but for the most part it has not been something that's been a, a source of continuing uh you know conversation topics uh you know when dating someone it's so funny you would say that because i was thinking my first thought was i bet people really recruit you for trivia night but then i was like oh but i don't know how it would be to date somebody who's so good at trivia you're like oh my gosh you know the answer again (laughs) does it tend to work out positively negatively doesn't seem to make a difference you're in trivia trivia night in the dating world yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, I haven't really played uh, much trivia since uh, being um, on the show. You know, obviously, uh, you know, like, like if I get a chance to, I'll, I'll certainly be uh, be happy to report back to you guys. Um, but in general, I mean, I would say that it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really hasn't made a significant difference. Although I do know know that there is one person uh, who I've noticed on the dating app who actually says that, uh, who, who I think in one of her profiles says that you know she's she's in the um, Jeopardy um, sort of uh, sort of pool of contestants. And I've thought about re, uh, sort of like connecting with her, but um, obviously, given that you know, like like whenever I was about to do so, like I was always in a in a situation where I was about to sort of, uh, I was already seeing, um, you know, one or um, a few people and I didn't really want to, you know, like sort of like reach out to sort of like, you know, create another connection with someone um, when I was in the middle of like seeing, you know, you know, two or three people already. For, for a lot of people, you know, like Jeopardy is sort of a central part of their personalities. Um, for me, you know, it's, I'm very proud, proud to have been on the show and to have won, but at the same time, it's, you know, like I like to think that there are other aspects of my personality in my life that are, that are just as, if not more interesting. Um, one thing I will say about Jeopardy, though, is that it does sort of reflect uh, sort of my my own interest in sort of my the way my mind works, which is, you know, having, you know, like a good breadth of knowledge in a wide range of areas. And I've always thought that enabled me to be good at being able to have conversations with people from a wide range of backgrounds. Um, and, you know, theoretically should facilitate, you know, sort of meeting women and sort of being to like, uh, sort of be engaged with them and having uh, engaged them in conversation um, and being able to sort of like uh, sustain a, you know, like uh, at least the initial parts of a relationship. Um, and so it's, it's always, it's, so, it's always struck me that, you know, like uh, it's always been surprising to me when, you know, like uh, uh, that, you know, theoretically should be something that, that, that should be a strength. Um, but the fact that it hasn't always panned out is, is a little surprising to me. Actually, really, I think the way that you framed that made a lot of sense to me. That sounds like a great response if anyone is ever like, it intimidates me that you are on Jeopardy. Like, could we date, you know, to really be like, you know, I actually, I have a diverse variety of interests and I, and in fact, I mean, I think the fact of what it would take to be selected to be on Jeopardy, to be a Jeopardy champion does speak to a, a high level of curiosity. It also suggests you're probably a good listener or otherwise retain information in ways that might be beneficial. If somebody's thinking about dating, they want to, they want to know that the person they're listening that they're talking to is hearing them remembering what they're saying. So that's, that's really great. Um, Irina, you've got to change the subject because otherwise I am going to tell you guys the SNL skit I just wrote in my head about how the Jeopardy champion thinks that everything is about buzzing in quickest on the date with the correct answer. <laughs> okay. I will move us along. Um, so Another thing that I uh, know about you, Nick, is that you're somebody who's fairly ideologically idiosyncratic. So you're not a Trump voter, but you're also not someone who would call himself liberal on all issues necessarily. Has your particular strain of thinking uh, in the area of politics and philosophy and so on been a hurdle in dating? Yeah, um, I would say that it's it's... It, it it's definitely a bit of a challenge. Um, I would say that you know, so, so primarily, um, it, it it really comes up um, because, like for instance, I'm on my d dating app, right? You know, so some dating apps will ask you to list your political f affiliation or at least where you are um, ideologically, and I usually just put down moderate because that really is where I am. You know, I'm conservative on some issues, and then I'm you know more liberal on other issues. 
I think the real challenge is, is that when, you know, obviously when you're talking on these apps and, you know, naturally, you know, some topic that might comes up is, you know, like, hey, where do you work? You know, what do you do? When the cases where I have mentioned where I work specifically to someone, um, that's, that's, that's all, um, because where I work is actually, you know, if you, if you look at its actual name, you'll, you know, like you'll have certain political assumptions, you'll have certain assumptions about its political ideal, um, ideology. And so, uh, where, where that's come up, that's actually been the case where, you know, I have had, you know, women who suddenly just, you know, stop talking to me and because they assume that I'm of a, of that particular, um, you know, like, um, political ideology. And so, so that what that's actually forced me to do is actually push to sort of like spend less time talking on the apps and, you know, maybe after like, just, you know, you know, maybe, you know, two or three days of, um, good exchanges to sort of move a little quicker towards trying to meet up, um, for coffee or, you know, or, or to do a video, uh, chat and, 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 and set that up in terms of, um, conversation. And because, I mean, part of it is, um, this, you know, this assumption, um, however misplaced that, you know, if you actually get to know me, if you actually get to talk to me in person, you know, you'll be able to sort of, uh, you know, sort of benefit from, or sort of appreciate the full, um, sort of breadth of my, my interests and sort of my personality and what, so on and so forth. Um, and sort of the, the political side is something that, you know, frankly, uh, you know, I can then talk about and then discuss and explain in person, uh, instead of sort of like, you know, making these snap judgments, um, and just, uh, you know, just making these assumptions that, you know, like my politics must be X, Y, or Z, uh, because of this one place I work. Um, so, so that's, that, that has been a challenge. Um, I would say that, um, obviously once you're in a, a little more, in a more, you know, sort of like a more firmer relationship with someone, um, politics, uh, I think that's something that's, um, that's, that's sort of, uh, worth bearing in mind. I, I think, you know, in, in an early part of a relationship, even after your partner might, um, you know, your, 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 whatever, uh, the person that you're seeing, uh, accepts your politics, it's still something that you have to be a little careful about um, just because, um, you know, like, you know, politics is a, is a, th- a bit of a third rail and you, at least in my experience, I've found that I've sort of self-censored a little bit uh, from say discussing politics uh, with, you know, like um, someone I'm seeing because I'm still trying to shake out where her politics are and what, you know, what are her red zones? What are her, go zones and, um, and, and just to make sure that like, I don't necessarily submarine a, a relationship that has potential by talking about politics too early. Um, even though it's something that eventually I would like to engage in. Um, but it is, you know, it, it is part of that early dance where you're trying to shake things out. And certainly if you're someone who is not, you know, sort of, uh, you know, who's, 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 who's conservative on, uh, on a few issues uh, that's something that you do. You do have to be um, careful. Once a relationship is formed, have you noticed cultural differences popping up in the daily course of things? Yeah. Um, in terms of cultural differences, I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier about 
how you know race plays a part in you know dating and you know like uh, dating experiences. Um, I'm not sure if this is necessarily racial, but certainly I think there are like cultural differences do play a part, right? In terms of like how how you interact with a uh, uh, in, in dating, right? So so recently, I think um, for instance, like. Uh, I, I, I was seeing this one woman who over, you know, the holiday break, she was, you know, excitedly uh, telling me about all of her family's, you know, like Thanksgiving and also Christmas, um, you know, like, um, you know, like, like uh, plans. And when she flipped it over to me, who, frankly, my parents, one, have never really been that big of a, you know, like, we've never really celebrated Thanksgiving. We've certainly never celebrated um, Christmas because, you know, we're, we're, we're not Christian, um, you know, like she was surprised when I told her, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you know, we, we, we tend to sort of, you know, play it. So we sort of, you know, it's, it's definitely like a lower key. I mean, I, I, again, like she, she knew that, you know, culturally we weren't really big fans of that, but at the same time, she was also kind of surprised that uh, it wasn't a bigger deal than it was. In effect, I basically, you know, told her like I, I almost had to sort of give her a little white lie that that um, that my parents did do do anything for Christmas at all, even though they they didn't. Um, and frankly, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was something that you know you you sort of realize that you have to sort of adjust to um, when when you know dating um, folks from other um, backgrounds, and it's not, it's not something that something that people are. Uh, naturally sort of prepared to sort of um, think outside the box in terms of outside of their own cultural experiences uh, when dating other people. Were you scared she would make other assumptions about you or your family if you just told her like, no, we don't do Christmas or no, we don't do holidays, period, because it's not part of our, you know, part of our understanding of the way to do things and what she might conclude from that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, some of that is uh, it, it's certainly like in a, in a in our early part of a relationship that that's something that you'll definitely downplay. You'll tend to sort of downplay sort of these big cultural differences, or uh, or you sort of sort of gloss over them, or you know, frankly, you'll you'll talk about things where you know, like for instance, I will never ever ever tell uh, anyone I, I date that my dad expects us, uh, expects me to marry an Asian girl who is still a virgin or anything like that. That's just simply not ever going to come up. Um, and so you sort of, you tend to sort of pick and choose and gloss over these things. And hopefully, you know, as, as a relationship deepens and, you know, you're able to sort of like, you know, you know, you are better able to appreciate her cultural background and she's able to better appreciate your cultural background and all the various complexities thereof, you know, then you can sort of sort of showing her a little more of um, some of the sort of the uh, sort of some of the assumptions or some of the customs that that comes along with the territory. But I think certainly, you know, early on in a relationship, it's something that you have to sort of play a little more uh, carefully, I would say. Yeah. And I think it also depends on the person's own background. Like, you know, maybe I'm also speaking from my own experience here as a double immigrant. Right. But uh, I I feel like I, I wouldn't be so surprised if somebody told me that their parents hold a belief that is 
pretty different from what people of our generation perhaps think or or in, in American culture think. And I, I don't I don't think I would necessarily, you know, hold that against the person, like whatever their, their parents believe. But um Nick, do you have uh, for our listeners any advice on the best dating apps to use in your experience? Yeah, I mean, in terms of apps, I'm, I would just say that, um, I mean, there are, there are three that I primarily used. Uh, one is Coffee Meets Bagel, which I I don't much care for just because it's it, it gives you too many options. Um, and you basically run through the gamut of um, everyone in a particular location in within like, you know, a few weeks. Um, Bumble's okay. Um, you know, again, there is sort of the danger of sort of like, um, you know, going through it too quickly and, and not having like real, like fleshed out um, profiles. Um, I, I think ultimately my, my best experiences have been with hinge, uh, where, you know, the, the fact that you're forced to fill it out, you're forced to sort of like, like actively, um, like some aspect of some other person's uh, profile uh, and, 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 you know, or, 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 you know, if you're at the receiving and you know exactly why, um, you know, he or she, you know, like your profile, um, that's very helpful in terms of actually creating substantive, um, meaningful conversation early on that frankly is the basis of, at least in my experience, um, you know, good quality dates and, you know, potential relationships. Um, so I, I think that's, that's generally my view. I mean, um, you know, I, I think if, and when I sort of reactivate them, you know, I'll probably go with Bumble and, um, Hinge in, in particular. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for this wonderful conversation. I think our listeners learned a lot, uh, about a lot of things, including not judging a book by its cover. So, um, I think it's going to give a lot of people food for thought. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it five stars so that others have a chance to listen to it as well. And make sure to subscribe so that you can get our future episodes. All our platforms are accessible at strangersoninternet.com. Again, that's strangersoninternet.com. Know the. You can become a part of our community by joining the Strangers on the Internet Facebook group or following us at Swipe Strangers on Twitter, Instagram, or Mastodon, where we are on the Fostodon server with two S's. I would like to thank my husband, Carlos Farini, for sound editing, as well as Vlad Kujuklu for permission to use his music for his podcast. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.